the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Today, we want to start a series into the book called 2 Corinthians, but we're calling it 2 Californian, and the reason for that is that the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 18, on one of his missionary journeys, he went to this city called Corinth. Later, he was was there 18 months. Later, he wrote these letters back to that church, uh, the church that met in Corinth. And if you study the city of Corinth, if you really look at it, it's a lot like the city of Los Angeles. They're an awful lot alike. Corinth was a major commercial city. It was sitting on some major trade routes. It was the largest seaport in all of Greece. It was a city that was prone to earthquakes. Had earthquakes all the time in Corinth. And we have those here in LA. Amen? We don't want them, but we get them. It was a multicultural city. Corinth had many different ethnicities. It was a very immoral city. And it was also a city that had many gods and many faiths and many religions. And so because of that, instead of calling this series 2 Corinthians, we're just going to call it 2 Californians because I believe if the Apostle Paul wrote a couple letters to the church here, that they would look a lot like these two letters that he wrote here in the Word of God. Now, 1 Corinthians is a book that he wrote a lot about the behavior of the church because sin had crept its way into the church. And it's one of the things you always have to guard in a church is that, that sin somehow creeps in to the church itself. And so if you read 1 Corinthians... It's a lot different than 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is dealing with people's behavior. 2 Corinthians, Paul, there's a couple of things going on. One, people are kind of doubting his apostolic authorities. There were some people that came in the church and basically were saying that Paul is really not all that. And Paul, later on in the book, will address the fact that he really is one of the apostles. And we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But the other thing about this book, second, the second letter, the second book, Paul goes, we'll say deep. Everybody say deep. deep. 
He goes deep. The first book, he's talking about people's behavior. The second book, he tries to get people to really go deep in their faith. And that's very important for us. And what he talks about, and and you'll see this through the entire book, especially when you're going through difficult times. When you go through difficult times, it's not a time to run away from God. Have you ever noticed that when some people go through a tough time, they run away from God? They blame God? Like, Like they're a Christian, but they're not really all in, and then something happens, and the first thing that happens, they blame God, and they... They curse God and then they run away from God and they no longer believe in God. That happens all the time. Some people, when they go through a tough time, they actually run to God. And I will tell you this from experience and from those others who could give testimony, anytime you go through a tough time, you should not be running away from God. You should always be running towards God. Always run towards God. A trial is a vehicle for you to draw near to God. It's that moment when you're going through the tough times that you learn to know God more intimately, to dig deep in your relationship with Him. Because if your roots go down deep, if they go down deep, when the storm comes, the storm won't blow you away. You'll remain true and you'll remain faithful. The Lord will see you through that trial and all God's people said. So today we begin our series. Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And as we begin, I want you to know that the Apostle Paul had his own share of troubles. He had his own share of problems. You'll see these problems as we go through the book. But the question is this. When you go through tough times, to whom shall we turn? Who do you turn to? Who do you run to when you're hurting? Who do you run to when you're discouraged? Who do you turn to when you're feeling fearful? Did you know that some people turn to food? Do you know that? They get full of, some people, this is true, they're going, they, they, they get full of anxiety, they just run to the refrigerator because somehow eating makes them feel better. And isn't it true, isn't it true that there isn't anything that chocolate, I mean, if you eat chocolate, you just feel better. Can someone give me a testimony of that? Unless, of course, you're allergic to chocolate. But hey, next time you're feeling bad, just try chocolate. That's what some people do. Some people run to drugs and alcohol. They, they get in a bad place and they turn to the bottle. And the drugs and the alcohol, listen, they never solve the problem. They mask the pain. And that's why when, the, when, when you're finished with the bottle, you go get another one because it never takes away the pain. It, it, it dulls your senses and you, you don't feel the heartache, but eventually the heartache always comes back. Some people turn inward. They pull back. They become alone and aloof. They pull back from normal relationships. Amazing. I don't know if you've, I I, I don't know if you've flown recently, but it's amazing how many people are flying with their pets now on airplanes. It's amazing. How many of you have noticed that? I mean, it used to be like one out of every 10 flights. You might see someone with a pet on a plane. Now it's like every other passenger. It's like a veterinarian clinic on the plane. (laughs) And there are service animals, and so don't write me letters this week. Please do not write me letters. I understand there is such a thing as service animals for people who have a special need in that area, but it is getting out of hand. I mean, there are dogs and cats and spiders and snakes and everything. In fact, did you know that they're allowing even miniature horses on planes now? Did you know that? It's true. It's true. 
I have a photograph I want to show. This is a true picture. This isn't the only one. If you Google online, there's all kinds of people taking horses. Imagine you're there, you're just trying to rest, and a guy pulls in, he's got a horse on a plane. What, what has our country come to? This is true. I found this one. This is, this is on a plane. This is legit. You know what they call this? This is true. They call this a therapy turkey. You might be sitting next to a therapy turkey right now. I don't know. My buddy Klaus and I, we were talking about this, and we're gonna, we know how to solve this problem. Of these, we're we're going to start taking skunks. When we go on a plane, we're taking a skunk. This, this is my pet skunk, and uh, I just feel better when it's with me, and you all are just going to have to deal with it. Who do you turn to? Write this down, number one. God is a God. Paul tells us that when you're going through a tough time, that God is a God of all comfort. No matter what you're going through, God can bring you comfort. Look at verse 3. Paul writes, praise be to God. It's always good to, it's always good to bring praise to God. But Paul says in verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort. And Paul can say this because he's been through all kinds of difficulty. We will see later on in this letter, as we go through this series, that Paul had been beaten, he had been stoned and flogged and shipwrecked and imprisoned and left for dead again and again. He had been attacked physically, he had been attacked spiritually, he had been attacked relationally, he had been attacked emotionally, he had been attacked financially. We know in verse 8, just a few verses later, he says these words, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we even despaired even of life. He didn't even know if he was going to make it. In other words, Paul had been through the ringer. And when that time comes for you, when you have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, I want you to know that we serve a God of all comfort. And I want you to write this down. In the first few verses of chapter 1, the word comfort is found nine different times. And in the rest of this letter, it's mentioned 29 times. And so it's kind of a theme that Paul, Paul has throughout, and he, and he begins the letter right here at the start of the letter. He wants us to know that no matter what happens to us, that we've got a God who's watching after us. We tend, and this is very important, we tend to think of comfort as something that makes us feel better, like our favorite food or our favorite pet, something that will take the pain away. Uh, We even have a hotel chain in America called Comfort Inn. In other words, if you had fresh linens and fluffy pillows and you've got cable television and a good night's rest, you're going to feel better in the morning. Where there's some things, a fluffy pillow, not going to make you feel much better. And we think of comfort as something that takes away the pain, but that's not what comfort is in the Bible. Comfort is not something that takes away the pain. I want you to write this down. The Greek word 
for comfort is the word parakleo, and it means to call alongside you. And another word, comforter or counselor, paraclete in the Greek, means to walk alongside you. And that picture makes sense, doesn't it? When you counsel or you comfort someone, you walk alongside them through their difficulty. In John's gospel, of, uh, the, he says, the Lord Jesus uses this word to describe the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is a comforter, that he's a counselor. In other words, he will walk alongside you in the midst of your trouble. It never says that he's going to take your pain away to bring you comfort. doesn't mean he's going to take your pain away. It simply means that he's going to walk with you through that trial. So when it says that he's a God of all comfort, it means that he's near to you that he comes alongside you, that we don't serve a far-off deity who watches you struggle from afar while he remains safe up there in his ivory tower and he's down here looking at you in all of your pain. It, no, it means that he leaves the ivory tower and he comes to this earth and he walks with you through that situation and through that trial. He's with you every step of the way. Back in 1992, in the Summer Olympics in Barcelona, there was a runner by the name of Derek Redmond of Great Britain. And Derek Redmond, that year, was supposed to win. He was favored to win the 400-meter race. 400 meters, in case you don't know, is one lap around the track, all right? 200 meters, just halfway around. 400, one lap. A mile is four laps. Derek was favored to win that one race, just the one lap around the track. And about halfway around, he not just strains, but he actually tears his hamstring. And his dad is up in the stands. He comes down out of the stands and he fights through the security guards. And he helps his son finish that race. And that's exactly what God does for us. You're not alone. You might be hurting. You might be broken. You might be fearful. But you are not alone. God God will bring you comfort, which means that He will come alongside you. Amen? Amen. Number two, write this down. God is a God of compassion. That's different than comfort. In fact, this verse, you, you, you might have just read right over it, but the Bible says that God is the Father of compassion. What does it mean to be the father of compassion? Well, it means to me that all compassion comes from God. That's his nature. You know, you and I were created in his image. So whenever you feel compassion towards someone, that that gift came from God. God is the father of all compassion. Think of all the things that have been done in this world in the name of compassion. And all of that comes from God. And I want to make this clear that there is nothing that you're going through that God does not see, that God does not know, that God does not feel, that God does not care, that God does not fail to be with you. And the reason that God walks alongside you is because God cares about you. He does. That drug dealer, the drug dealer 
that's peddling the drugs, he doesn't care about you. The politician that lies to you, the politician, he'll say anything to you just so you'll vote for him. Doesn't care about you. The advertiser that comes up with that Super Bowl commercial that makes everyone want to drink that particular beverage, that advertiser doesn't care about you. The abortionist that takes your money to abort your child doesn't care about you. The friend that tries to get you into the nightclub scene, that friend doesn't care about you. But the God of this universe who created you in his image, who put the stars in place and named them one by one, the one who calms the sea, the God of this universe, he cares for you. You do know that all pain is relative. You know the difference between major and minor surgery. It's, it's minor if it's on you and it's major if it's on me. It doesn't matter if you're hurting a little or if you're hurting a lot, you still hurt. And it doesn't matter the amount of hurt or the amount of pain. There's a God in heaven who hurts for you. It's why he chooses to walk with you. And in this room here today, there are people sitting here who this week had the report that they have cancer. There are people here today who this week were handed divorce papers. There are people here today that were involved in car accidents this week or people who lost their job this week. They don't even know how they're going to make their mortgage payment next month. There are people here today who raised their children in the church, but that child has gone astray. That daughter, that son has become a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. There are families here today who have been devastated by infidelity and betrayal. But remember the words of Matthew 9. The Bible says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And on every row in this church, and you can look at them, you can count the number of rows. Look at your row. Look at the people who are sitting on your row. It doesn't matter. On every row in this church, there are people who are hurting. There are people who are broken. There are people who are going through some sort of turmoil. And Paul, at the start of this letter, by his own experience, he's writing this letter to the church, and he's going to talk about some very important things. He wants this church to go as deep as they can in their faith, but he wants them to know that, hey, no matter what you're going through, don't ever forget that there's a God in heaven who cares. He cares. He cares. He cares. Write this down quickly. Number one, he gave up his one and only son for you. He gave up his one and only son for you. I love that, that line in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It's not like he had a thousand sons and he said, hey, I'll give one. I still got 999 left. There's too many kids running around this place. Anyway, here's one, have him. No. It says that he only had one son. And he gave up his one son for you. Secondly, he promised Jesus promise. And Jesus could have said, read my lips. I mean, when Jesus said something, you could take it to the bank. But he promised that when he left, that he would send another counselor, comforter. We know as the Holy Spirit. 
I want you to, t- we're going to come right back, but go over to John chapter 14. I want to show you, I just want to read this, these verses to you, John chapter 14. If you know anything about John 14 in the context, Jesus is kind of at the end of his earthly ministry, and he tells the disciples that he's getting ready to go back into heaven. In fact, he talks about that in John chapter 14, verse 2. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Jesus is getting ready to leave, and the disciples are freaking out because he has been with them for three and a half years. And now he says that he's leaving. They are scared out of their mind. And so he says in John 14, if you go over to verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another. What does that mean, another? Well, that means that he's been their counselor. He's the one who's walked with them. He was the one that was there when the storm was raging on the sea. He was the one when they were doubting. He was the one that was there giving the teachings and healing the blind and the sick. He's been with them every step for three and a half years, and now he's leaving, and he says, hey, I'm leaving, but chill, because when I leave, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you for how long? Forever. See, he was there for about three years, and he says, I'm leaving, but this next guy that's coming... He's not ever leaving. He'll be with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and he will be where? He will be in you. This is why when someone who doesn't know the Lord, they don't go to church, they have no faith, they don't know Jesus Christ, and they go through some terrible situation, they don't know where to turn because they're, all, they're on their own. They are lost as lost can be. On the other hand, you and I as Christians, people who believe in God, put our faith in Jesus, and he's placed his spirit who lives inside of us, we go through the exact same trial as that person. We still hurt. It's still painful. But we know, and there's something that's hard to explain. We know we're going to get through this situation because we know that God is with us. This person over here who has no faith, he looks at us. You're going through the same trial as him. This person is completely freaking out. He can't figure out how you even go to work every day. How do you get up every day? How do you keep living? I am drowning over here. Well, I'm going through the same thing you're going through, brother, but I want you to know that there's a Holy Spirit of God who lives inside of me, and I I might look like I'm by myself over here, but there are two of us, and the one that is in me is greater than the one who's in the world. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. 
If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.